welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast with me, Steph Fairbairn. Thank you for joining us as we get insights and ideas from coaches working across the game to help you develop into the coach you want to be. In this episode, we speak to Ash Civil, head coach at Tamperine Palo Viacot in Finland. UEFA A qualified, Ash has coached in over 10 different countries thus far. I caught up with him to find out about his drive to work internationally, his philosophy, and what it's like coaching in extreme cold. But first, he offered a bit of insight into how he ended up in Scandinavia. Um, I've been coaching for for probably 13 or, or 15 years, depending on whether we go from when I first did my coaching badge to, to when I started kind of taking it more of a career. That journey's kind of took me from working with the youngest kids in schools to coaching players that went to the the under 20 world cup um, and also has kind of led me traveling around the world and kind of led me to this 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 current role at the moment um through way of traveling around south america which was quite a strange journey but yeah i was gonna ask you that actually yeah so i know you're a head coach now in finland Mm -hmm. how did and now you've thrown South America in there. How, how did that come about? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, head coach in Finland at the moment. And I was coaching for quite a few years in um, Brookhouse College in, in the UK. And I wanted to work abroad for, 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 for a number of years and always kind of been unsuccessful, travelled and visited clubs and things like that. So after kind of... My, my current girlfriend and I were having a chat and wondering what to do. And I just, we just decided that, okay, let's go travel around South America, take that leap. And hopefully taking that leap would lead to um, more opportunities or a little bit more freedom to, to take an opportunity. Um, and that, and that worked. So that led to me working in Iceland, which then led to me now working in Finland. So what is it for you that's made you as a coach want to go internationally and, and work in different places? When I first started coaching, a big thing for me was that a lot of other coaches were, were or a lot of other people wanted to be, to get into coaching. I feel like I was kind of in that early boom of um, people, start, uh, coaches like Mourinho and Pep and uh, there was there was more. I guess it was seen as more of a career path. So I, I saw there was a lot of other coaches to, in England and just thought a good way to step away from the crowd would be to go and travel and, and coach in other countries. Um, and that was when I was 20, 21, and I didn't really work in Europe. Well, I didn't work in Europe until I was 29. So it was it was a long journey to get to where I wanted, but it was always in my mind. And and as you've gone around these different places, how have you had to adapt as a coach? And I guess what what have you learned from each of the places as well? Uh, yeah, you, you you have to adapt to the country massively, I would say, because the the personalities are so different, or there's little subtle cultural things that you have to get used to that is is very different to to England but as well it opens your eyes to what England is actually like as well so um 
while I was working at Brookhouse, I had a little bit of exposure to cultural differences. We worked with international players. So um, I had that, but but in Iceland and now in, in Finland, having a group of mainly Icelandic players in Iceland and mainly Finnish players now, you can kind of see a little bit more how how the culture links in with with the football and and the 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 mentality of the players or the the understanding of the players so that's been really interesting but kind of the positive side of that especially now in Finland I'm sure many Finns won't won't mind me saying is I'm quite different to 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 Finnish coaches so it um I think sometimes I can be taken like a bit of a breath of fresh air because I am quite different to what the, the players are used to. Um, that's not just my own words. That's kind of <laughs> not just bigging myself up, but that seems to really be be quite, going quite well. So I guess what does the game look like in Finland then and what maybe are the players used to from coaches? Um, so in terms of generalisation, so we're obviously speaking, it's not always like this. A lot of teams will want to play out from the back because of the 3G pitches. So even in the the first team level, the players might not necessarily be best prepared for it, but they'll try it. Um, so that's I think that's a big part of it. However, the flip side of that is there's maybe not the understanding of when and where to to do that. Um, so it's, it's a little bit do this and keep doing it rather than do this here but actually in this situation you need to adapt and do something different um, I'd say physicality or is is still quite key in, in um, terms of recruitment and in terms of um, talent ID in general a lot of players will, a lot of coaches would pick out the the physically developed players as as the best players, um, and that that depends on the um, depends on the club. We're we're a little bit different, but some clubs heavily rely on that. Um, but there's there is a bit of an evolution right now with obviously their national teams improving and their youth national teams are really really doing well. Um, so it is it is changing, but there's still a little bit of a I'd say old school culture and maybe results driven uh, is linked into that. So what are you bringing then as a, as a breath of fresh air? What are you bringing as a, a coach that, um, that's different? Yeah, I mean, uh, trying not to just throw around some uh, very generic words, but I'd say I'm a lot more of using question and answer, giving the players, I don't want to just say giving player ownership, but speaking to the players um, Finns don't really like small talk, but I'm probably having three, four, five, six conversations with players before training. They probably hate it, asking them, how was school? How was work? How's your girlfriend? Uh, all these kind of little questions that I think um, maybe surprise them sometimes, maybe annoy them sometimes, but I would say that's quite different. Um, and one of our one of our values that, that we've really been working on is is kind of making positivity louder or it's like ilan kautta in in Finnish it means through joy so trying to be quite positive and um, things like that and that's not me saying that 
that Finns aren't aren't positive. Uh, um, Finland's the number one happiest country in the world again, but there's um, but kind of shouting about it and being quite brash about it is is not really the way it's done here. So me being a little bit louder, a little bit jollier, um, and asking all these questions is it's quite different for the guys. So within that, I guess you're trying to build um, a squad and a team where there's a lot of room for mistakes and learning and, and development. Is that the approach? Yeah, with with the with the first team at the minute, we're in a league where we're expected to win. So we've already been speaking a lot about um, kind of the pressure of that. That pressure is sometimes a privilege, but also, okay, well, there's going to be these mistakes. There's going to be these moments in the games where we're maybe not at our best or another team scores a goal. So we've been talking about those because I know in that moment, I might not be able to be the calm head that, that organises it. And I'm, I can't really affect too much on the sidelines. So we're trying to drip feed that understanding into the players so they can... Um, they can take the reins a little bit. They can recognise that and hopefully um, put into play some of the things we spoke about. Um, it's a quite a long process, but I think that's probably one of the key things or one of the things that's quite different is that we are speaking about those things. And um, I know a few players have been like, oh, that's that's different, that we're addressing it and, we're, and I'm asking their opinion uh, on what, what I think we should do or they think we should do. I've seen as well on your Twitter some training sessions in crazy snow. Um, Yeah. yeah, I was wondering if you had any tips for coaches that are maybe coaching in extreme weather or (laughs) difficult conditions. How do you go about doing that? Um, I'll do it in two ways. One in terms of as a coach, I spoke to a, a good friend of mine, Tom Dent. He's been coaching in Norway for a long time. So he he, he gave me some of these tips. Um, so wool socks are key. If you've got a good pair of wool socks, that's, that's you, your feet will be okay. And then um, if you can, waterproof shoes. Like I've tried to mainly coach in boots still, but there's some times where you have to wear proper like winter boots to coach in which they they all do it easily whereas I'm kind of like no I want to still wear my football boots but sometimes you can get away with it sometimes not and then just as many layers as you can under armor second jumpers snoods hats good gloves um because especially in those conditions like you're probably stood around more because kind of the the second part of the tips would be kind of forget about the coaching a little bit. Remember it's freezing, just let them play, do anything you can that's going to be fun and high intensity. Uh, Like I I had one session once where I had more players and thought, oh, great. Let's play with bouncers on the outsides and have three teams. And one of the players went, but we've got this many players. Why don't we just play a big game? And everyone's playing. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm an idiot. Like, why have I got eight players on the outside as bouncers when that's eight players that are, that are going to be cold and getting miserable waiting for their turn to play? So that was kind of a big, 
learning for me really I like um I was gonna say I like the way you said you're an idiot but no I like the way that you are (laughs) (laughs) talking about I guess incorporating what players want into your sessions um do you think that's really important for us as coaches these days to I guess let go a little bit of the ego and and really work with our players to figure out what they want from what we're doing yeah like I know you said I'll always say I'm an idiot if I think I'm an idiot or I've done something stupid like that so um I do think that's a good part of uh of me as a person in terms of yeah, I think as coaches, I probably am a little bit too critical on it. I think a little bit too much about, okay, what do the players want? Um, and I'm getting a better balance with it, but it's a massive part of it. And I think it's where uh, as coaches, we maybe overcomplicate things far too much. Um, like in my role now, I work with the director of coaching. I work with the under 20s and I work with the, the 17s and I'm kind of always pushing let's just make it simpler like why are we why are we making doing a very complicated session when the guys especially at the level we're at they're they're either coming from school or coming from work what do they want to do at football training well they want to play football they don't want to run they don't want to do all these other things yes they're important yes they should be incorporated but at the end of the day they want to play and to be fair I learned that from when I was in Iceland, I spoke with the captain who he would probably agree we had a, an on-off relationship with. Sometimes we were, were great, sometimes we would we would argue and just ask for some advice. What did he think was good? What do you think could be better? And that was one of the things he spoke to me about was sometimes we just want to play a game. Like it doesn't need rules. It doesn't need overcomplicating. We just want to play what we think is a game. And... I know, obviously, there's other things where you go, oh, yeah, but this is a game, but the players want to see it as as their game. So um, I try and do that as much as possible. And even um, even today, we've, we've got a training session. It's the day before a game, and we'll end with some small games today. Now, they won't be as long as the players want, but the whole point will be, well, I know that they'll enjoy training if we have that today. Maybe there'll be a little bit, too high it might be a little bit too high load for them today but the trade-off for me is well I'd rather them enjoy that um, and then they'll be buzzing for tomorrow rather than as make it a very short kind of more methodological session and then be a bit bored be a bit cold um, and not so happy at the end of it and is there a language barrier as well or do you speak the language no, no I don't speak Finnish no 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 um yeah there's not there's not with the um any of the guys that I work with regularly uh, everyone's English is is fantastic my Finnish is is pretty poor my Icelandic was a, a little bit better it was more it linked a little bit better with English so I could shout a few more words here I can maybe shout one or two things but not really enough um but yeah the the guy's english is is great so I, I i do everything in english and my two assistants who um are great to work with they kind of add that finish element if it's needed um or if there's anything where 
a player can't express what they want with me in English, they kind of go through with the the assistants. But that's that's rare. It's normally something weird, like to do with work or sickness or uh, things like that. So, have you coached in countries where maybe you the players haven't spoken English and you've had to kind of find other ways to get messages through to them? Yeah. So, well. It, if I'm working with the youngest guys here, I would have to either use a player to um, to that did understand to kind of show things. Um, in Iceland, I could speak enough Icelandic to command them to do certain things, basically, um, but never really anything too detailed. In China, I worked in, in China and did a couple of sessions, not there for very long, and that was done through a through a translator. And even uh, I've used a translator quite recently. It's it's hard to make your message quiet enough, like short enough and concise enough that the translator can translate it quickly, um, especially when you don't understand how many words are going to need to be added for the the native language. So my final question then is for if there's coaches listening that are considering coaching elsewhere, um, want to branch out, what would what would you say to them? What would your advice be? I think the best things I did was I started reaching out to to coaches early. So I still speak to to one guy that I first met when I was 21, went to AEK in, in Sweden. And I've spoke to him since but it's never actually really led to to a job or anything like that but it just slowly helps me build this network and it's been been kind of great to know him over this long period of time now um so that would be it start talking to people the the best thing to do is to say you're going somewhere say the time and dates that you're going and ask if you can meet someone because more likely they're going to say, yes, okay, this time. Or they'll go, no, I'm not available. But if you kind of, you decide you're going this place on those dates, you don't have to book the flights. They're more likely to say, I found they're more likely to say, yes, I can find time to meet with you. Um, whereas if you go, oh, I'm thinking of traveling to, to this country, um, would you be available to meet? They'll be like, yeah, just let me know when you're going to be here. So it kind of takes away a step of the conversation. And you're, I would say you're more likely to get a yes. Um, and that slowly over time helps you build a network. And it doesn't always lead to a, a role, but it puts you in a better place where you might hear about these roles. Um, and then kind of the second thing would be maybe gaining an understanding of where the roles might be or what time of the year they might come up so obviously if it's a if it's a traditional season like in in England it's more likely to be probably around this time between May and June I would say but in a, a summer league it's more likely to be September October so it's it's understanding when you should be looking for a job because if you're looking at the wrong time there's probably not going to be not going to be anything there that was the voice of ash civil thanks to ash and thanks to you for listening to the soccer coach weekly podcast for more from us 
Join us again next week or visit soccercoachweekly.net for practice plans, advice, interviews and much more. I'm Steph Fairburn. See you again soon. Thank you.